There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Monday, Lori and Julia show here on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Lori spending us some time with her mom, so she'll be back on Wednesday. So Holly Roberts is here. Got a very uh, sweet phone call from uh, one of our listeners who said she wanted us to know that not only was her grandmother's name Hedwig, but she learned about cooking from her just like Rick Nelson did oh, from his grandmother. Hedwig. That's funny. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> that is sweet. Hedwig, wow. That's a name. Yeah. <laughs> that is a name of names. Um, okay, so if we um, could have been the graduating class of 2019 at Moorhead College. Morehouse. Morehouse College, we would have been very happy. But here is billionaire uh, Richard Smith making a lot of, or Robert Smith making a lot of people happy at his commencement speech this weekend. This is my class, 2019. I know my class will make sure they pay this forward. This is the $40 million moment no one saw coming. On behalf of the eight generations of my family who have been in this country, we're going to put a little fuel in your bus. My family is making a grant to eliminate their student loans. Billionaire Robert F. Smith surprised the graduating class at Morehouse College Sunday with a mountain of generosity, promising to pay off the college debt of every student. There's nearly 400 in the class. Students, faculty, they couldn't believe their ears. Parents were overjoyed. I asked the person to the left of me, I asked the person to the right of me, the person in front of me, the person in back of me, is this really what he said? Graduates jumped to their feet and had even more reason to dance across the stage while accepting their diplomas. For Brandon Sano, this means he'll no longer carry more than $100,000 in student loans. I was completely shocked. Like, that's actually the best gift I've ever received in my life. (laughs) Well, really? I I mean, but seriously, so this guy, can you... Imagine, okay, so the average student is in debt that graduates from college is in debt Mm -hmm. Uh Um, $33,000. And he asked, and just to take an entire class and wipe out, they interviewed one kid who had $150,000 in debt, but he had to take off school time to go care for someone who was incarcerated in his family, and then he was coming Mm -hmm. back. Yeah. And just how hard he worked, but to think... I'm $150,000 in debt. What is ever going to happen? I mean, that is big money. Well, it's huge money. I don't know and that we should let anyone get that in debt for a college education, but that's not my thing. But just to have that wiped off and to have this instantaneously experience that you're, oh, you're flush, yeah. now you get to do what you want. Mm-hmm. He said to this, um, he said, you can chase your dreams instead of your debt. And then he's challenging the college 
for the next year to get other people to do that for the kids. I mean, it's just kind of a lovely thing and then pay it forward. Think of how mm-hmm. these kids will react to this. Well, let's hear yeah. uh, a little bit more of okay. the story. All right. Robert F. Smith is the billionaire most Americans have never heard of, a tech and private equity titan with an estimated net worth of $5 billion. People call him the quiet billionaire, but that changed a bit when he appeared here on the cover of Forbes magazine and moved past Oprah Winfrey to become the wealthiest African-American in the country. Grateful students are already talking about giving back. Robert Smith has changed my life, and if I was in his position, I would want to do the same thing as well. Smith was the first black business leader to sign Bill and Melinda Gates' giving pledge, where the wealthiest Americans agreed to give half of their wealth to philanthropy. Isn't it? It's just such a cool story. Yeah, Yeah. it is a cool story, considering that the collective student debt in this country is $1.53 trillion with a T. With with a T. One out of four Americans have student loan debt, too. So this is something that is really incredible and that paying it forward in that way and then hopefully the ripple effect of this, what he did by paying off these student loans will be felt. Yeah, it's just kind of, I just, I just thought I can't even. a very poor background too, I believe. Oh yeah, he did. One of eight kids. Yeah, he did. He had an equity firm. This Moorhead, um, or excuse me, Morehouse. Is it Morehouse? Morehouse, Yeah, I want to say Moorhead up in Wisconsin, Minnesota. They have 396 young men who began, you know, Saturday as students in caps and gowns ready to graduate. It's a private men, male college in Georgia, predominantly black. Yes, it's a a historically black college. Yes, Mm -hmm. so anyway, I just think, woo! Yeah. Woo! That would be a big deal. That would be a big deal. That would be a very big deal. And he's not single. Robert Smith Robert. is not single. Oh, okay. In case you were looking to that. mingle with Robert Smith. <laughs> On Wendy <you're> Williams today, <laughs> she said she already did the work. Oh, but wouldn't he thanks, be a Wendy. nice catch? How you doing? You know, and yeah. so um, he's not single. He's remarried to a 30-year-old, someone who might have been a dancer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. After his wife of many years, and they have three children together, and then he remarried. He's like 56, I believe, and she's like 32. Oh, wow, he's a young billionaire. Yeah. There's a lot of, well, think of Gates. Think of all those guys. Yeah. yeah. They Mark, hit it. They hit it yeah. Okay, so when we come back, I know that this terry cloth jumper for men is going to fly. It's, it's a classic that's coming back. I can't wait. You know, I saw this story the other day. Did you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And now... Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. All right, everybody. Here's one of my favorite things I saw today. And we have it on the Lori and Julia show page. And it is, um, you can dress like a 007 secret agent. And we're not talking about Yeah, but you're not keeping things secret if you're going to be wearing this outfit. Okay, so this is a classic. Sean Connery... In the 1964 Bond movie Goldfinger, wore a baby baby blue Terry one-piece suit. And we can't call it onesie, which everyone's been doing, because Gerber will sue you. We learned that last week. and We learned that on... Trademark. Onesie is trademarked by Gerber. What do you know? I I had no idea. That was a random fact on Friday. (laughs) But if you want to go see Dress Like Secret Agent James Bond, I mean, this, this suit... Um, is, Stop it. It's so 
unbelievably bad, but they're flying off the shelves. They've well, sold out. It's going to cost $440. I... I see this coming back in yes. with white loafers and no socks. Please. Uh, I, I want a, my kids to buy it. To men it. It's so great. <laughs> of the world. Here's a message to the men of the world. Why have you been depriving us of your thigh lights? Oh. Bring, Don't even get me started. Bring back the, the short, thigh. the thigh, the tennis shorts. It's coming Bjorn back. Borg. Bjorn Borg. Is and it? Jimmy Connor. The shorter short is coming back. If you like Bluebird, that's kind of a, a thing that the kids like right now. Those are short shorts. Bring them back, like, please. I buy stuff from there. Okay, so we have missed the man thigh. I mean, we have the <laughs> basketball players wearing their shirts over their knees. Nadal were, yeah, you know, Judd Hoppers. That's right. Uh, jorts. 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 No, he wore, literally, he wore, um, what are those things called that golfers wear? Knickers. Oh, the, he pretty much wore knickers without yeah. the socks. Yeah, Nadal did. No. He played in the Rome Open yeah, this weekend. If anyone wanted to watch that, you couldn't see the tennis no, ball. No, bring them back. No, I missed the shorts. We missed the thighs. But there's other great things you I'm can sorry. get here. What, what do you mean you couldn't see the tennis ball? Well, I just want to say <laughs> that there was a tennis match on the Tennis Channel over the weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Italian on Open. Clay, on it clay. Was, it was at Rome. It was the Rome Open. You yeah. could not see the tennis ball very well. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just, just sort of threw that out there. Things just that make you go, hmm. hmm. Which right. one? <laughs> so anyway, if you want to look at some of these classies in the leisure suit jacket, you know, out of a nice linen blend that Roger Moore is wearing, those are hot on guys. I'm looking forward to this 70s, 60s, recon- you know, yes. like bring on these fantastic clothes with amulets and buttons yes. and ironed. And, yes. you know, um, I just... Love it. Get a safari jacket like Roger Moore and then tuft your chest hair out, please. (laughs) Doesn't that sound exciting? Uh, So anyway, that's posted. It's just kind of fun to look at because these are, you know, fashions that I think they're making a comeback. Maybe. All right. So what do you got, Donnie? The sweater that Kurt Cobain Cobain once wore is just sold at auction for $75,000. This was in Manhattan over the weekend. The acrylic. At mohair sweater sported by the Iraq legend during a photo shoot in New York back in 1993 was snapped up by a mysterious buyer at the Hard Rock Cafe auction in Times Square. They thought it would sell for about 20000 and it went for more than three times that. Save your Lori and Julia wear. That's right. right. Save Seriously? your socks. Don't take them out of the package. Don't, don't take your slow J socks <laughs> out of the package. Don't. Those are already collectors. <laughs> yeah. They're already collectors. I mean, geez, this is, if anyone remembers, was the brown V-neck kind of um, argyle print, tone on tone, brown with topes that he wore. But that is a lot of money. I wonder who yeah. bought it. And yeah. how do we know they, that's they not from say. Goodwill? Well, I'm I mean, sure it was serious. authenticated. I mean, it came, it, it came originally from, from uh, Courtney. Wow. From yeah. Courtney Love. From Courtney Love, and yes. wow. she was the person who authenticated it. Yes. Wow. I love that. All right, what do you got? Oh, there's one more. All right. A used paper plate that Kurt Cobain ate pizza on, then scrawled a set list on the back in black marker, $22,000. I get that one. I get that one. You get the why? How do you get plate? that one? Because it's the set list for a concert. Okay. In his handwriting. I get that one. All right. Is there any, 22 is a little crazy. A little bit. Oh, yeah, a little bit. But is there any piece of memorabilia from a musician or even a movie star that you would shell out some serious money? I'm talking maybe at least $1,000. Oh, a, a Barbara Streisand, um, you know, when she was wearing her turbans Turban? and her yeah. leopard print outfit in um, 
not fan, funny girl, funny lady, or what was ever the second one? One, yeah, funny, funny lady. lady, funny lady. Yeah, she had a an amazing, just an amazing look in that. So something Babs related, Barbara Streisand related. I'm, I'm you a really fantastic, a cigarette holder. Yeah, from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but Barbara Streisand is the celebrity for you, where you would be well, like, yeah, I wouldn't mind some of her dollars. things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. What about you, Donnie? Who would you shell out $1,000 for? At least $1,000. It might be something sports related to one of my childhood heroes, maybe. Who was that? Well, who are well, you? Yeah. Okay. well let's well, see. Babe Ruth, no. when you saw him okay. play. See, that wasn't cool. Babe when you saw him play in the really, 20s. Really Hercules, when he threw the javelin. No, yeah, I, exactly. would, I would like, there's a hockey stick that I would love to have, and it belonged to one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Maybe, Julie, you've heard of Bobby Orr. Of course I have. Okay, Bobby Played Orr. Played for the Stars, Who he? was the only celebrity I ever met where I was nervous when I got to meet him finally many years later. But when he scored the winning goal by flying through the air, you have to see the video. In the, to win the Stanley Cup in 1970. That stick, I that, think, would be cool to have. All right. That stick that is stick. what you want. That's what I want. That's what you want. Yes. All right. What do you want, Holly? I, you know, I would probably <laughs> shell something out, probably Beatles-related, but it yeah. would have to be something that would be really special. Other than that, you know... I, uh, it's hard to spend, like, thousands of dollars on a piece of paper. Yeah, I would agree. I've already done that a couple of times. Look where it's gotten me. <laughs> she I still can't right. find one. I still one can't find my darn diplomas. She can't find it. Oh, my I gosh. Don't where, I don't know where any of my diplomas are. I don't know where my high school diploma is. I don't know where my college number one is. I don't know where my college number two is. I don't know well, where they are at all. Well, but you know you have them. In theory, yes. That's what I tell people. <laughs> In I mean, theory. Uh, where do you guys eat dinner? At home. Well, like no, where? In your house. Yeah, more Oh, so, probably. In your home. It, a little chair, little table. Little chair, little table. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit at the table, a little oh. bit at the chair. Well, what chair? If, my chair. Well, like, is that a recliner? Is sure. that like your? It's kind of like a. It's my Acronis. TV. Train? My stressless, <laughs> you know, Acronis chair from Furniture Man. In front of the TV. So half pretty much half in the dining room, half in front of the boob tube. I Donnie. would say even more in front of the boob tube. Mm, yep. uh, I'm 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 at the dining room table a lot because I'm ordered to eat at the dining room table because. Uh, oh, you follow you follow people's restrictions. I, I, I'm told to eat there because you always you're dropping stuff all the time, and uh, so go eat at the table. Oh, all right. So, so, they don't make you eat under the sink. Yeah. Well, bib, it's like, been known to happen. Oh, well, 48% of us eat at the dining room table, and that number is really down. So the majority of people are not eating in the kitchen. They're not eating at the dining room table. 30% of people say that they eat dinner on the couch. 12% of people said they ate on the couch growing up. And 17% of people say they eat their meal in the bedroom. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, This A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. <laughs> they're college. They're in college. I would think so. <laughs> they're in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, would, I rented a place and I just had a room and it was a bedroom. Right. So where else was I going to eat my canned corn and salsa? 
Oh, that's that always. was my go-to meal. Canned corn and, corn and, and salsa. And don't get me started about when I accidentally left a pubic hair in the shower. Okay. What? Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with corn? <laughs> really? What's that got to do with and dinner? You it's just the room with the view. That's well, big wait, falling oh out because well, I accidentally left a pubic hair well, on a bar of salt, which is even worse. Did you use Because we had pubic soap? hair back then. Yeah. And it was soap and it was... Oh my God! Oh, this, what, was, this it, was trauma. Was it your Hold roommate on. that we came need to after de- you? We need to deconstruct. Was the this owner just a of the home? Bit. Oh, even worse. And, so you, and, that, <laughs> and she didn't even tell me. It went through my mother oh, and came God. back to me because I was renting a room from one of my mom's friends. But, I was mortified. But was no it much more than my mom? Well, it was a shared bar. <laughs> I didn't have soap on a rope. <laughs> a shared bar. It was a shared bar. <laughs> Yeah, you got Maybe do- this is a good thing. More and more people are using the gels, which are terrible people for our sewage yeah, system. Yeah, too many chemicals in those. But you know, you got to do some reconnaissance. You do want a bar. You use a bar. Who would even be thinking about it back then? Mm-hmm. I know, Somebody but you got to just like pick it off. Yeah, I guess. Beep. I mean, I just it was very <laughs> that one went awry. Oh gosh, it was kids. not. Oh my lord! But oh. the poor thing is my mom. They told my mom, and I felt like I was scolded on, you know. But it's natural. My mom was mortified. (laughs) What do they expect? Mortified. Here's the thing. (laughs) You were in the right. Because if they're not providing you with your own bar of soap, no, I'm what did they expect? Why would they be providing her with soap? While I'm in college, people. This person was being generous to me. (laughs) It's all on me, people. Couldn't afford your own bar of soap? Oh, Donnie, you know how much a bar of soap is now, though? Really? Have you guys noticed uh, how expensive soap is? Depends, depends on, what on what you buy. It's like, like Caress. Well, yeah, you those, buy the name brand. Yeah, or Dove. Course. They're like three seventy-five a bar. Yeah. I mean, that to me was outrageous. I felt like Ivory used to be 25 cents a day ago. Yeah. When I use a bar of soap, I don't Always. like to use the body wash. No, you can't. I don't it's bad yeah. for yeah. everyone. Yeah, it's all the packaging and the yeah. stuff. And why do you need that? Right. Well, speaking of washing and bathing yourself. That was just yourself, a little derail. Sorry, people. Well, that's quite all right. No, this is random that thoughts, Julia. That was the Julia. <laughs> derailment. <laughs> Running out of time here, Who Holly, has those issues got? anymore? Okay, yes? I can't even follow that really? up. One out of people don't wash their... Five out of people don't wash their legs in the shower. Who doesn't wash their legs in the shower? All the soap drained sound on your body goes on your legs. You only wash yeah. them if you need to wash them and if you're going to shave them. Yeah, yeah, you shave your legs. Do you shave your legs in the shower or in the tub? Only shower. There you go. All right. We're clean here. Hygienic. We're clean with fans. One. Two, three, four, Just the one? And a, pill, a white bar of ivory soap. Great story. Uh-huh. We'll be back. And I don't want to be so without your body. Yes, that's going to be my new tagline, TGIS. Okay, so we are having on Wednesday this book about the history of the Chateau Marmont. And it's got quite a colored past. I was reading all about the John Belushi yes. escapades and how people were just trying to save him. and Because he, he passed away in a bungalow and reading about um, the odd couple guy. Um, What's his name? The clean one. Which, uh, Fel- Felix Unger. Who's Felix Unger? Oh, who the played actor? Him? Tony yeah. Randall? Tony Randall. So okay. on and off in his career, he lived at Chateau Marmont. And depending on what the paycheck is and what type of show, he was either in a room, a bigger room, a penthouse, or a bungalow. <laughs> yeah. But he would take trips 
back to New York because there's no good place to walk in L.A. Yeah, and especially on the Sunset Strip where the Chateau Marmont is located. No good places to walk, so he'd fly back and go walk Central Park in New York City. Just for the weekend. Just for the weekend. Just to walk it and be outside because there's no good place to walk. Right. So I thought that was kind of funny. But many, many, many more stories, and Lori will read it cover to cover. I'm just peeking into it. Just taking some little nibbles I'm just taking some nibbles and dribbles. Okay, so... um, we talked about um, the uh, Whitney Houston coming to a concert venue near you with Holograms, her old band and backup singers. Just thoughts, initial thoughts, gut feeling. Donnie? I, it's not for me. It's Holly? not my cup of tea, no. I'm giving it a big old Nancy Kerrigan. Why? As opposed to the Julia. Yes, as opposed mm-hmm. to the Julia. Why? 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 Right. Why? 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 It's more why. Is yeah. That, is that well, your feeling, Julia? Th- why? Is that, I do. Yeah. That I do. is your feeling. I do, unless they need money. That you know, you do what you want to see. I this? just feel bad. The whole thing about it, and then her daughter dying. That was just so bad. Whitney Houston has a tragic life, and she has a tragic life story. It's and so it, bad. It's extended beyond her own, and this speaks. To be the estate of Whitney Houston looking for ways to monetize her legacy, yeah. which celebrities have been doing this. Their I'm wondering families if have they been would do a, a museum, time. you know, like or something or maybe there's a a divas museum at some point in time where some great legends have passed and some of their clothes and things could be, you know, maybe that way. Because like, you know, you have the Elvis Presley, you have Prince. I just don't know if there's uh, enough of a following to I, make that happen. I think there is and i don't think that whitney houston was associated with a piece of real estate in the way that elvis was with graceland and prince was with paisley park they had these compounds and enterprises and whitney houston just didn't have that i'm totally here for the album of unreleased music from whitney houston oh same so the album yeah that's fine that's fine oh that was just such a tragic thing to watch i mean if we in my lifetime witnessed such tragic what a tragic life yeah the highs and the lows do either of you think that this whole hologram thing is in any way morbid or am i going to be overstating i have never seen one in real life um to do something oh. um <laughs> i just got i just got the lovely text from my sister you got you a little no, um, i don't i'm not no. ready but i've never seen it because people kind of liked the prince one this last time yeah, around yes I, I guess and so I, I i don't have a good enough opinion on it okay i can't form an opinion yeah it's not this it's not morbid but okay. it is the, again asking the question why because you're not going to get the performance that you would from an actual living human being. What you're doing is just watching there's, a projection. And th- there's an, it's the reason, one of the reasons why going to a live performance is still remains such a captivating thing for people is because you are receiving the energy from the performer in that space, in that moment, in that very specific time. And when it's from a hologram, it's just like, well, crap, I could just stay home and watch YouTube videos. I know, of this exactly. Person. That's, I, I feel just the exact same, same thing, way. Holly. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Moving on, people. Yes. This is a really good transition here. Um, Kathy Griffin is uh, got a concert movie coming out of her comedy shows, and it was it premiered at South by Southwest in March to strong reviews, and it's called A Hell of a Story. And it's going to play in U.S. theaters for one night only, July 31st, which I'm going to check what day of the week that is. It is going to be on a Wednesday night in July, one night only, 
And it's called, um, the film takes place at the end of her recent um, comedy tour called Laugh Your Head Off, making, you know, a joke out of the fallout from the controversial 2017 photograph where she posed with the fake, you know, mm-hmm. severed head of the president. Yes. And that was just in poor taste. Everyone agreed. But it, the result of that picture, the timing, everything was so off. Yeah. Um, which she meant as a joke, which wasn't funny. Um, she was blacklisted by all of Hollywood. She stopped getting job offers in movies, TVs, even where she underwent lengthy federal investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice and Secret Service on suspicion of conspiracy to assassinate the president. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. She went through hell. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But mm. it was such a bad choice, but I also think the reaction was so horrific. Everyone was just, everyone was on pins and needles at yeah. that point in time, right after the election. And some were in shock, some were so happy, you know, and I feel like it was just such a volatile time. No one knew what was going to happen. And she really, really got treated poorly by everybody, but also said some heinous things, too, in the process of it. I love her. I thought I think she's one of the funniest people ever, but she's going to showcase her comedy raw behind the scenes footage of the last two years where she's trying to pull herself up from being just literally put into well, she's been really raw and honest about that on social media in particular, on Kathy Griffin's oh. Twitter account and this project that she's releasing, A Hell of a Story, is self-finance. She produced yep. the film herself. She put it out there on South by Southwest. But I think it's just one night only. So it's July 31st at Wednesday night. You'll be able to see this in theaters. I don't know where it's playing in the Twin Cities, but I'm sure well, that there'll be someplace. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's going to be someplace. But I thought I would I would watch that. So would I. I like Kathy I Griffin. love her. She's hysterical. We introduced her once. I did. I was so nervous. I kept calling her the wrong name. Um, Griffith. Griffith. Because I had a neighbor, Kathy Griffith, who works for the Woodbury Park and Recs, who I left a message for, if anyone's following my Park and Recs history last week. Oh, did you get your tennis wall up? Well, I just want to know when the tennis court's going to be started. Okay. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Maybe when mm-hmm. it stops snowing here. Well, maybe. Okay. So, Dirty John, did you guys watch it? Uh, no. I did not, but okay. people who watched it loved it. I loved it. It was on it was on Bravo, and it was weird because it was a scripted series on Bravo. It's moved to Bravo's sister company, which is USA Networks, for season two. And they're going to, if anyone remembers, it was based on a series of articles published by the LA Times about a charismatic conman, John Meehan, and the consequences of an ill-fated romance. And he was just... Boy, did he catfish her. And it's a true story. It's a true story. So season two will be a completely new story, but kind of on the genre. I'm thinking it's going to focus on a different case, but it'll be about catfishing. I don't know if it's man to woman, woman to man, or what it's going to be, but that was really compelling TV. Yeah. You watched the whole series of Dirty John. And even though everyone thinks it could never happen to them, it's kind of amazing when you are vulnerable, what people can talk you into doing. So yeah. we'll have a brand new cast. We'll have a brand new cast, okay. yeah. And a brand new story. Right. Got it. D- is it going to be based on a true story? Well, Again, they you- said the anthology series, um, second season, will focus on a different case. So I think it probably will be. I feel like there's enough um, stories out there where it could be. Yeah, yeah. John was Bravo's highest rated freshman series in four and a half years. So it makes it, more sense to be on USA. Totally. Scripted series. I don't care what channel it's on. I think... Um, <laughs> It was really good TV, though. Mm-hmm. And I and Lori's been talking about Bosch. Donnie, do you watch Bosch? I, I, I do not, but I know she is a big fan of Bosch oh on my gosh. Amazon. 
we that's just, on Amazon Prime. Yeah, we just started watching it. It's already in its fifth season, but we yeah. season one only has 10 episodes. We binged on it. I mean, this was the perfect weekend to binge TV. Oh. Yeah, I did some of that. Yes, I what did, did some you, of that what too. What did you guys binge on? I binged on Fosse Verdon. Oh, and? And Michelle Williams is everything. Is everything. Yeah, she's a she is a man. revelation. Like, yeah. She's one of the generation's great actors. Like a Meryl Streep. Yes, like a Meryl Streep. Her performance in this. As Gwen Verdon. Mm, Stunning. Chef's kiss to her. Chef's kiss. (laughs) Donnie, what did you binge watch? Uh, Well, I finished uh, Dead to Me. Which is so good. Which uh, had the ending was like, holy cow. Didn't see that coming. Uh, that is just a fabulous show. The entire that, cast, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, are just amazing in that show. And that's on Netflix. That's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, watched the first three episodes of Hulu's remake of Catch-22. Did you like it? I told Holly before the show, and not to sound sexist, but I thought it's it's more of a guy show. I think it's Perfect. more more of a guy centric show. But did you like it? I did like it as a guy. I did as a guy. Okay. Yes. Now George Clooney. Appears for a little bit in the sure. first episode. But I don't know. He's coming. He's coming right. back. He directs it and he yeah. produced it and he yeah. got it to. Yeah. He got the he has publicity a little bit of a part it. in the first episode. Yeah. Okay, got what it. What about you, Julia? What did you binge? I told you, Bosch. Bosch. The whole, the whole the first whole season. Billions got caught up on. I thought the finale was going to be last night, but they were smart enough to postpone it because Game of Thrones finale was yeah, last night. Because you can't compete yeah, against smart. that. Uh-uh. And um, what else did we watch? Tried to watch tennis. Watch CBS Morning. Yeah. You know. I tried to watch that laughing special on Netflix. Why would you do that? It was it was rough. I had to turn it off because I was getting hot and embarrassed for everybody that was on stage. What was the point of that? I don't know, because Goldie Hawn wasn't on it, was it? No, she wasn't. No, no, were any other originals on it? Ruth Buzzy was there. The only reason that the people were on the stage is because they had a relationship with Netflix. Michael Douglas did. Mm -hmm. You know, he has uh, the Kaminsky method on there. But it was just basically like, hey, let's uh, do a little favor over here and put this on. And it was so awkward. Oh. Oh my gosh! All right, we got to come back, and we're we're either going to Hollywood speak goopisms or Hollywood speak some Hollywoodisms. We'll be right back. So, what are you trying to say? Hollywood, Hollywood speaking. What is the meaning of All this? All right, let's get to some of it. Yeah, Holly's going to give me I'm the gonna, the Hollywood speaking. Going to dish you a little Hollywood speak. So. Let's start with Madonna. She was performing in Tel Aviv, Israel over the weekend at Eurovision. And it seems like there was a little bit of a difference between the performance that everyone saw on live TV and the one that she uploaded on her YouTube page singing like a prayer. So Madonna was allegedly a little pitchy when she was singing at Eurovision. And then, oh, she sounds perfect and like an angel on the official Madonna YouTube page Um, featuring her performance. Performance from Eurovision. Okay, that bothers me, and I'm yeah, gonna, I, and I'm just going to tell you why. Okay. She had two songs to sing. Yeah, like a prayer, which she's sung hundreds of times, right. thousands of times. Probably. Would you be pissed if you were there and you paid all that money? Where's Danny? Danny. Oh, was there. Danny Salter, yeah. former Mr. Manuary. He was mm-hmm. in Tel Aviv and it, uh, watching. Yes, that. he was. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, honey, Madonna, honey, honey. You don't think that people are going to notice that you completely manipulated the vocals and you slapped it up on your YouTube page? Ego. Ego. Pure yeah. ego. Yep. Yeah. So one person wrote on the YouTube video, is this a reworked version? The live version I listened to the day before yesterday was different in a bad way. And then another person joked, this is not the mess we saw on live TV. This is altered. Now, oh! 
This is not the mess we saw. Oh, Madonna. <laughs> yeah. Did she have a cold or something? Did she have a flu? No, she just doesn't sing well. <laughs> yeah, she just doesn't. Well, she does sometimes. She does well, sometimes. Well, but that's all manipulated in the studio, Julie. Oh, you guys. This oh, is terrible. She was at, we saw her. I saw her. At the Rebel Heart Tour this last time around when she was at the XL in 2015, she 2016. Was she was good. Although I do think that I saw some of the live performance on Instagram over the weekend, and people were right. She did not sound really particularly good mm. did she look like she, did she wear her eye patch of course she, she wore did, her yes madam oh, x no. doesn't leave yep. the house without the damn eye patch she even wore to sing like a prayer oh yep. no well the, the <laughs> eye patch <laughs> is sucking um some energy out of her something <laughs> and she can't sing her normal self that's just I, really i like that really optimistic kind i'm trying to be a beat for Lori. all right thank you because Lori is madonna's hype woman yes all right hollywood speak this constance Wu has found herself in an odd dispute and she's reportedly being accused of letting her pet rabbit poop all over her new york city apartment while she rented when she was filming hustlers <laughs> this is according to okay. page six She rented a $6.5 million penthouse and she was threatened to be kicked out of it because the housekeeper found rabbit poop all over the apartment. What is what is wrong with her? Well, her buddy's name is Lita Rose and she moved the bunny in without permission and allowed it to hop, defecate and pee freely all over the place. A three bedroom pad. Oh, after the horrified housekeeper hired by the owner to clean once a week raised an alarm after being forced to clean the revolting rabbit mess. Yeah. We're told Wu was born a number of times to keep her fluffy beast in its Lux hutch. Lux hutch. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Paige. They threw her out. They were sick of her. Wow. Constance Wu's bunny totally destroyed the place. You can train rabbits to, like, piddle on a pad. Mm Mm-hmm. And to poop on a pad. It's not that, I mean. She doesn't care about anybody. Her bad press can't stop. Well, that's what is so This fast. is just, it's one more thing telling us she is an evil person. She, no one likes working with her. She's mean to everybody in the staff of Fresh Off the Boat. She was the most high demand actress on Hustler. And she was doing it with Cardi B and Jennifer Lopez. She's only a small role. Yeah, what do you think of, do you think that one these rumors are actually true and Constance Wu is not a nice, particularly nice person to deal with? Or do you feel like since that story broke a couple of weeks ago where Constance Wu was slamming the renewal of Fresh Off the Boat that now people are taking an opportunity to maybe take advantage of that new public persona that people have of her, of being kind of bratty? Well, I don't feel like this isn't true. Ah, okay. I don't feel like someone would make up if it was a giant bunny that she walked down the street with. A Flemish giant on a leash? If it was a Flemish (laughs) giant or something. If they had those level of details, I could have seen maybe it was made up. Yeah. But I don't feel like this is made up. I don't know. I just... Your intuition tells you that there is a little... Something. uh, And it makes me sad because she seems like a lovely person on her TV and movies. Acting. What do you know? Mm. Sometimes people are just mean to people and I don't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Kit Harrington. He is telling fans of Game of Thrones. John if they didn't, Snow. John Snow himself. He tells the haters of Game of Thrones to go blank themselves. Here, here. <laughs> I'm with him. First of all, <laughs> what's going to change? Why spend the negative energy on it? 
It's already done. And he also compliments. He said he's kind of a crabby crabber. So sometimes, <laughs> I mean, he just had the, he said everyone works so incredibly hard. I think he should have said nothing. Well, you well, know, he was sticking up for the writers. I know he was, but you know. this is an Esquire magazine, and Kit Harrington is saying whatever critic spends half an hour writing about this season and makes their judgment on it, in my head, they can go blank themselves because I know how much work was put into this. I'm going to give him a pass on Are this you? and saying he was sticking up for his friends and his in, and the writers of the show and how much work they put into it. I'm going to give him a break. No, he did apologize to critics. He said, I don't mean to sound mean about critics because there has been that hot little micro trend in the past month of celebrities punching down on critics. Yeah. And that is like, OK, look, that's kind of the deal. There's criticism and you're putting yourself out there and some people may not like what you like, what you're doing out there. Right. And it's OK, Justin Bieber. Don't worry about it. You're going to be just fine. But he said a lot of jobs. Everyone goes back. This is Kit Harrington goes back to their apartments at the end of the day. They have their lives and their families and their girlfriends or boyfriends back home. So just saying, like, look, we're just here doing a job. We're coming together. We're making this game of thrones. Haters, go blank yourself. Haters going to hate. I, I just said, <laughs> no. well, that that is a true statement. But yeah. again, at the same time, I think one of the beautiful things about Game of Thrones is it did have so many people talking about it. It oh, had yeah. so oh, many yeah. people interested in the intrigue and everything mm-hmm. that was going to happen. Because like when episodes would end this year, I was like, I want more. You want more Game of Thrones? No, no not anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> at I'm, the beginning I'm of the dead. season you did. Well, yeah. No, but I would wanted more at the end of the night because it was really fun to try to figure out things and where they were going. And so I'm talking out of both sides of my ha- mouth. Haters going to hate. John Snow, <laughs> be grateful. Send the writers a nice he message is. to I'm them sure personally. Yeah. Uh, mm. How about Khloe Kardashian not ready to start dating yet? But uh, she's fine. open for marriage. Yeah. Oh, she's just going to skip <laughs> Thank dating. You. And basically. And go right to marriage. <laughs> basically. Okay. So she was on celebrity attorney Laura Wasser's podcast today. Uh-huh. And she said, I'm not on dating apps. I don't care to be. I'm so in love with my daughter and being with her and enjoying every minute of it good for her stay present enjoy your kid yes she said i'm focusing on true right now well it's such a fun stage that baby is so beautiful travis or who's the baby daddy uh Um, the best tristan thompson yeah he on mother's day sent out a photo of both of his kids with different women but didn't wish happy mother's day to the women i don't think (laughs) i think he just posted them both i mean he's kind of a dinkus moranis (laughs) do you think just a little bit here's a good thing travis scott um, who is with Kylie Jenner. That is correct. And the dad of Kylie Jenner's child. Yes. Um, he just donated um, all of the receipts and profits from his Alabama merchandise to Planned Parenthood. Oh, well, that's great. I think that is too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Alabama is the one that is trying to change mm, the law. They've so already th- changed it. Yeah, they did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's not get into that. Mm-hmm. No, we aren't going to. Good. But I thought that was kind of cool well, on his part. Yeah, that is really cool on his part. I'm glad that he did that. Let's go back into a little bit of uh, Game of Thrones related Hollywood speaking. Right. Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas, those newlyweds, she said that they almost called it quit once. Before their Las Vegas marriage, she said it was the worst day of our lives for a second. We both had cold feet. And then 24 hours later, we were both like, never mind. He, they kind of have an interesting past when he met her. You know, two of the main characters, Sophie Turner, 
who played Sansa, and yeah. Arya Stark, whose real name I can't remember. Maisie right. Williams. Yes, Maisie Williams. Both talked about mental health struggles during the filming of Game of Thrones, which was really their teenage years. Yes. You know, yeah. and so really changing years, developing years in both of their struggles. And Joe Jonas, when he met Sophie Turner, he's 29, she's 23, so she was quite a bit younger when they met, said basically that um, you need to get happy with yourself and love yourself before I can love you or you can love anyone else. So he said she really, he credits her for helping her get through some of her stuff and getting her on the right path with her mental health. Yeah. And to this, it's like, what couple did not have just a little bit of cold feet before getting married? Having that little pause. That's normal. That's totally, completely, 100% normal. And so it seems like the two of them are just having a lovely time being newlyweds. I mean, it kind of has to be a relief now that the series finale is out there for Sophie Turner. They're like, whoo! She can talk. I can talk again. She can talk. She's not getting crap for a tattoo that she got a year ago. She's not getting crap for this and that. Nope, nope, nope. It'd be hard to keep that under the hatch. What are we thinking about Kim and Kanye naming the new baby Psalm? Oh, boy. P-S-A-L-M. I think that's sacrilege. <laughs> really? really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I do. I just think it's dumb. Well, yeah. and that too. <laughs> and, and dumb. Now, I think that... I'm going to be done. I don't... All that's right, we got to go. <laughs> beyond. Yeah.